to another episode of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Inside Credit Union. I am your host, Ricky Hazel, and I am joined today by Stetson University's extremely successful beach volleyball coach, Christina Hernandez. First of all, tell me about growing up in McAllen, Texas. Not a place a lot of people know about, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, So born and raised in South Texas. Uh, It's a small Texas town, um, but probably big compared to some other cities. So about 180,000 people. Um, But you're very typical, you know, if you've seen Friday Night Lights, uh, the movie, very typical, like football, huge football stadium in the middle in the middle of the city. And that's kind of what everybody does um, Friday night uh, there and a lot of Texas pride, but yeah, I mean, um, kind of in a bubble, you know, I I think everybody that lives in Texas stays in Texas for the most part. Um, I actually was more of a basketball um, star growing up in when I was little and through high school, Um, I kind of picked up volleyball randomly because they needed some people to play in high school and they were looking for some players. So I was like, sure, sign me up. Um, so it kind of happened super, super randomly. And then I just ended up really loving it more, um, than basketball, just from, a the way the game is played and more of a strategy, um, thing. So I, I picked it up, um, uh, from there. And then my only really big goal getting, um, through high school was to get out of Texas because uh, most of my friends uh, stayed in Texas and most everybody went to school in like Austin or San Antonio. So I was like, I've got to get out of here. Or <laughs> I'm never, you know, going to do anything different. So um, that's kind of why I went to school in North Carolina. Um, it was the only out of state school that had recruited me um, for volleyball. I had some basketball and volleyball stuff um, that I could go to for Texas, but I decided to go out of state because it was the only out of state um, school. So that's kind of how I wound up there. But um where I grew up in Texas is where it's, it, it hugs the border. So it's kind of where all, um, a lot of the stuff with like the drug cartels and all that stuff is going on, which is, it seems like it's really bad, but I think growing up a player and living there, you kind of, um, get used to it. But, uh, yeah, typical, typical Texas town with big football. About as far south as you can go. And if you're not in Key West. No. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I really didn't understand why people like hung out outside during the day until I left the state of Texas because most everybody stays inside, um, when it's really hot. Cause you know, it's, it was like 110 degrees for the most day every summer and it's like dry heat. Um, and then when I left and I was like, why is everybody hanging out outside in the middle of the day? <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just a bit different, but yeah. Culture shock, I'm sure, for you when you uh, get to North Carolina and NCA and to play volleyball. Yeah, completely. I, I mean, where I grew up, it was uh, since it was kind of a border town, it was pretty much uh, just a Hispanic community. It's it's since then evolved and grown a lot. But, you know, when I was growing up, that's pretty much what the what the majority was. Um, you know, like everybody speak Spanish first, like you're going through a drive through, you're going through McDonald's, like everybody's going to speak Spanish to you first. Um, and so, yeah, definitely big culture shock when I went to uh, North Carolina A&T, so it was a historically black uh, university. So very, very different. Um, but it was, uh, I think I was searching for something different um, and kind of just trying to get out of, like I said, the little bubble um, of, of where I was in Texas. So, yeah. So what was your experience as a student athlete like in college? It was, it was good. You know, I, I played indoor volleyball there. Beach was kind of not, you know, a thing for juniors in college yet. So I played there. Um, I actually, my teammates were from all over the world. So we had, you know, players from a lot of out of state, 
Um, we have some international players. So um, that was, uh, was really unique. And I've made lifelong friends there, but um, it, it, you know, it was, I think college definitely it, from where we were, um, we were pretty good in our conference. Um, but a, a lot of my teammates were pretty, you know, strong and aggressive. So um, it really wasn't too much different from, you know, playing with anybody else. It was just kind of, um, you know, different atmosphere. I, I love the atmosphere of college. You know, we had, you know, these great bands and cheerleaders and step groups and stuff. So um, going to the games and stuff was pretty exciting because there was a good atmosphere um, there and at the football games and stuff like that. So who did you have as role models while you were growing up? Obviously, volleyball was not your first love. So did you have some role models outside of of, of athletics or outside of volleyball that kind of guided you on your way? Um, yeah, it was a lot of people. And I think I, I you know, I tried to really take a lot from everybody that was influencing me. You know, I, I remember a lot from my father at first and foremost, um, you know, he really taught me just kind of work ethic and, and really working for what you want to do and, and doing it yourself. Um, you know, he, he would push me pretty hard and wouldn't let me like take days off and, and things like that when I was growing up. Uh, Cause he knew, you know, how good I wanted to be. And so he really instilled that good work ethic in me that I try to still instill in my athletes today, you know, but I think I learned that from him the most growing up that just, you know, kind of being average was not good enough and that we could do more and, and be more exceptional. Um, and then, you know, I, I had some really great coaches growing up, you know, my high school basketball coach was very similar. Um, you know, he really pushed me just to kind of get rid of some lazy habits and, and try to be a good leader um, for our team. And, and really, um, you know, he knew I was, I liked basketball a little bit more, I mean, volleyball a little bit more. So he knew I was kind of going in that direction. But, um, you know, from that standpoint, I was still skilled with basketball. So he wanted me to really kind of have more of a team oriented focus. Um, and he really taught me that. And then um, once I left, uh, it was really my first person I worked for out of college, uh, who was John Stevenson at St. Mary's. I remember emailing um, hundreds of coaches just trying to see if I can get in their gym and volunteer. Um, and, you know, I've just graduated. So most everybody didn't, you know, really reply. Um, and he was the only one that responded to me and let me in his gym um, and, and really just talked to me like I was one of his peers and, you know, I could pick his brain and, and so on and so forth. And um, when it kind of got first, um, when I had the opportunity to first apply for my first college job, uh, he was, and it was the head coaching position, you know, right off the bat. So like six months out of college, uh, he was the only one that told me, you know, you're never going to be ready to be head coach, but uh, if you have the opportunity, you need to do it. Or I think everybody else was kind of like, you know, take this route and be an assistant for five or 10 years and at the big schools and this and that. And um, he was really the only one that kind of just, you know, said, you, you've got to go, even if you're not ready, you know, kind of learn along the way. So um, he probably had the biggest impact um, on my career. And, and up until I was about at Hofstra, uh, up until that time, he was somebody that I um, constantly, you know, learned from and, and uh, he helped me a lot with my career in terms of just helping me push towards that next direction and next level. Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. So what kind of things do you know now and understand now about coaching and 
the whole whole experience that you wish you had known when you got that first job? You know, I, I think when I got that first job, well, I, it was solo, so I didn't even have an assistant. So I, I had to learn how to do everything, um, you know, by myself. And back then, the video kind of sharing and uploading was really outdated and slow, and it was kind of just coming to coming to you know speed. So I would have to like sit and upload video for like eight hours for the cover side and stuff like that. And um, you know, I was you know twenty two and and just having to do everything for our team. But um, I think the younger me was I think when you first start coaching, you kind of still have this like player mentality and, you know, everything kind of fires you up and you get really excited. I mean, you can see me like jumping on the sidelines a lot. Um, I, I used to do that quite frequently. And then I was just like, man, I'm really exhausted all the time. So I have calmed down tremendously um, since I, you know, I've probably my time here at sets in this whole, you know, time, I've just kind of have this new calmness that, you know, I can't control everything. And, um, I think I tried to do too much, uh, when I first started and kind of just trying to figure out who I was and how I went to run my program, uh, you know, and you're trying to see what other people do. And I think at some point, probably three or four years into it, I kind of figured out who I was and, um, still took some things for other people. You know, I, I think you can learn a lot of things, um, from other people, but eventually just figured out what I wanted my style to be in my program. Um, but yeah, I mean, starting out at 22, running division one, team by yourself is definitely, uh, I think just trying to do, you know, lots of different things are changing all the time and, you know, it took me a while, but, um, I'm definitely a lot calmer now. Um, and to try not to get too stressed out about a lot of things that I can't control. And I think that that was probably my biggest vice, um, starting off at a really young age. So from McAllen, Texas to North Carolina, to California, to the Baltimore area, to Long Island. I mean, you've been, you've seen a lot of different cultures, a lot of different environments. How have you taken that knowledge you've gotten over the years and used that to help you build what you've built here at Stetson? I think a lot, you know, at Loyola, um, it was kind of a program that had been in existence for a while, but it had never really been great. Um, and, you know, I was able to turn it around there. But again, I had to, you had to do everything myself. And I, I was assistant list for my entire time there, you know, four years. So, so I, I really worked a lot um, and probably for pennies at that time. Um, and then, you know, when I went to Hofstra, that was very different. Um, we recruited a lot of international players, obviously, because we're by New York. So that was a big draw. Um, but I, I walked into this program that was extremely successful, had had a coach there that, you know, had been there forever, um, you know, 30 some years, and it was always her program. And so she retired and you're kind of um, going in, you know, uh, behind somebody kind of in their shadow. Um, so, you know, that was a different experience because everything was, you know, not how it was back then. And, you know, all this stuff and you've got a lot of alumni. Um, so uh, it had its, its pluses, um, you know, it was a big mid-major mid, mid school, mid-major conference, um, and, and we were still pretty successful. But um, you know, uh, I think just different, it, it really helped me crack into like a lot of the international, um, recruiting that has definitely helped me taking over somebody that I've been had that program for such a long time was that when I, you know, I had this opportunity at Stetson, it was kind of like my opportunity to really make the program my own. Um, you know, cause there hadn't been much, especially for beach, you know, there was kind of two years in the early stages, um, but hadn't really played a full schedule. So for me, it was this opportunity of, you know, this is what I want. I, I want this to kind of be my program, my thing, you know, build it, um, build it. And I know I could do both, but 
Um, I think just in, I think for with sports and how sports has evolved, being able to have your own program and kind of build it from the inception is really a rare thing. You know, it doesn't really happen very often. Um, and I think every beach coach kind of had that opportunity with how they started and being able to hopefully be here for a long time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what draw what drew me to Stetson in the first place is, is being able to have that opportunity. So you knew coming in the beach program was going to be starting, but you also knew you were going to have to coach both teams for a while. Um, what was it like trying to manage yeah. that? Because you had players that were playing on both teams, which I'm sure helped, but you know, the demands are different. Yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't easy, even with playing, um, with having both. I think some probably think it's easier, but I think when you're going from one team to a different, you know, another and the culture is different, um, you know, just because of the type of players you have, I think that was hard. It, it was, you know, I didn't have time for much else. You know, I think I had one team practice in the morning and then I had one team in the afternoon and you got like two hours in the middle to kind of do some stuff. Um, so it was it, at some point it was, mentally exhausting just to kind of keep practice planning and stay fresh with that. That was probably the only thing is, you know, at some point you're like trying to go on autopilot because you're just a little brain dead. And I think the, you know, the thing that kind of made it a bigger struggle is that beach, you know, beach kind of took off really quickly, um, you know, in a, in a very different direction and, um, you know, indoor, we kind of stalled and, and kind of did good, not really great. And um, I think that that was just hard, especially again, if you're going from, if you're a player and you're playing both, like you're going from a team that, you know, is struggling to a team that is is doing really well. And so I think that that got to be difficult. It was the right thing to do split. You know, we weren't giving enough attention to both sports. You know, we were, um, you know, if it was beach season, we were leaving the indoor team by themselves on Thursday, telling them what to do. And they had the next two days to, you know, practice themselves and, we were doing the same thing to beach when we were having to travel for indoor, which is usually longer. So we were usually gone for like two or three days um, and they were having to self-run themselves. So just a lot of things we can do with both teams. And, uh, you know, I think that both um, definitely took a hit, but, you know, we're, I think we're in the third or fourth year now that we have um, been split off. And, and it's, you obviously can see the benefit because indoor is doing so much better now um, because they're getting, you know, the attention that they need um, and vice versa. We've, you know, we've been able to go in a different direction so there aren't too many coaches that do it still um you know i think that those that do have like the entire indoor team come and play beach and they've only got a few beach athletes and i think we got to this point where we grew and got really good so quickly that our entire roster became beach only then you're managing two different teams all the time and that's where i think the struggle really began to happen is there wasn't too much crossover between the same athletes you were just you had two separate teams and that becomes a little bit different to manage um, in terms of making sure you do a step with them day to day. So when you're starting up a new program like that, and it's a new program, not just for Stetson, but it's a new sport in the NCAA. How do you judge how you're doing? How do you recruit players when nobody's playing beach in high schools? You got to recruit court players or you got to go to the beach and find kids playing and see what you see. I mean, how do you recruit that situation? I had this group that had, you know, started the program, I think almost 11 of them. So I think when I came in, I had like, you know, I had 14 athletes. We had some that crossed over, but we didn't really have any to graduate my first year. So then the second year we came back, which was when we, you know, went to the first national championship for ABCA. That's when we really broke through. Um, and people were like, oh, Stetson, who is, you know, who is Stetson? I remember going to the national and they were like, who are you? Where are you guys from? Um, but I had, you know, 11, 12 people on, on that team. So we had two years, which was great. And I think once everybody kind of figured out that, hey, this team is kind of good, then we got that athlete that was, you know, like I can go to a smaller school with great academics and still be in a really good program. And that was the first year, the second year, I think that we popped into the top 10. 
Um, so that obviously helped us, but yeah, we was, a uh, the recruiting definitely was different. It was, um, you know, we still were recruiting a lot of dual athletes. Um, so those that played indoor and beach, you know, that was still a very big thing. Um, and I was still coaching indoor, so I could kind of play with that a little bit. I think we only had maybe two or three, um, that were really, you know, beach only. And I think with all my international connections from, you know, Hofstra, that's kind of the direction I initially went. Um, and then it kind of changes like, you know, now you've seen, we've, you know, we've been going for a few years now and we've got a lot of Florida kids now and the Midwest. So I think it's just continued to evolve our recruiting with, you know, now we can get some more Florida kids where I think every Florida athlete at the beginning was like FSU, 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 because that's where everybody in Florida wants to go unless, you know, UF doesn't have a program. So it was kind of, you know, FSU is the place to go. And I think once we started doing a little bit better and making our own footprint, you know, we, we started to get some more, um, Florida athletes and, and Texas as well. Texas has been really kind to us. And I think that that's because the Stetson, the land area is kind of very Southern feel to it. You know, there's cowboy hats and trucks. And I, I think that that's got a really good Texas feel, which is a, a big part of why I enjoy it so much because it reminds me of home, just that kind of Southern, you know, hospitality and everybody's really nice. And, you know, I can drive my pickup truck without everybody asking me why I have such a big pickup truck here. Um, you know, and I think we, we do well in that aspect. And obviously the internationals, and I think the internationals is big because of the academic piece. So, um, but yeah, I think that second year that we had where we really just broke through really quickly and made to the top 10, I, I think that that obviously made recruiting um, a very different game for us. And we're lucky that happened so quickly so that we could kind of get on the board a little bit. Were you a little surprised by how quickly success came? Um, it was exciting. You know, I had such a motivated group and that was Mel's uh, class. So my current assistant, you know, Mel, she was, you know, she was with me my first two years here and, and really was a big part of that quick change. Um, they were, my first day with them was in March and they had already been playing for maybe two or three weeks. So I kind of just, my, literally my first day with them was a game day. I had barely met them. Um, they didn't know much about me. I didn't even get to talk to them really. Uh, I didn't know who they were. I didn't know individuals. I hadn't seen them play at seeds. So I didn't, I didn't know very much. Um, and they, I just remember sitting at every, you know, bench and trying to really coach through, through most of them. And they were so receptive because they wanted to be so good. Um, they just really wanted that. And I, I think that was something that I didn't have to push, um, on them that first two years. Uh, you know, I remember them asking me for a, challenge, a more challenging schedule. Um, they wanted those and they wanted those things. And um, I think that I was extremely, extremely lucky and fortunate to just have a group that really wanted to be good um, because I didn't have to sit there and talk to them about what that took. They just had it. And I kind of just gave them the tools and they, you know, they, they did the rest. But um, I talk about them all the time, that group, because they really changed everything for us. And and really set that standard. And they did it so early on um, without any push from me. It was just all internal from them and self-motivated. Um, but, you know, I, I credit Mel and her, that group to that so much. Um, and, and we still talk about them, you know, with our current team still almost every day because, uh, you know, we didn't have to do very much. It, it was just something that they wanted. And, and we were fortunate that they changed our program so quickly. Love Stetson Athletics? Then join the team behind the team. Donate to the Hatter Athletic Fund to help keep your Stetson Hatters at the top of elite competition. If you're interested in donating to provide opportunities for Stetson student-athletes, log on to GoHatters.com and click on the Hatter Athletic Fund link in the Support the Hatters tab. Looking at it from the outside, coaching beach volleyball has got to be a lot like 
coaching tennis, coaching golf, where you, you can't coach like you do a traditional team because you can't be with the entire group at one time. So a lot of the players, I assume, have to be self-motivated, self-coaching. And how do, how do you adjust from going from you're in charge to now you're kind of running around and just offering advice? Um, you know, I think that's why I loved it so much. Uh, I, with indoor, I almost feel like I was I was in the way so much, you know, it's kind of just, you're, you're not letting the athlete be an athlete. You know, you're, you're dictating so much and there's every single rotation, there are certain plays and, and it's different. The game is different, but I think with beach, you know, they call it such a pure sport because you're training them to, you know, build their own strategies, make their own decisions. And you really can't influence the game that much because we're not allowed to talk really, you know, we're not allowed to talk in the middle of the game. Um, you know, they have to take their own timeouts and, and we can talk to them, you know, for that minute timeout, but that's pretty much the only way we can influence the game, except when we're, you know, changing sides. And even then that's probably about five to eight seconds. Um, so they have to be, uh, you know, know, know so much of the dynamics of the game to be able to make those switches. Um, and that's the way we train them. But I think that's the thing that intrigued me some those that so much, because I, I really like strategy from a coaching standpoint. Like it, it really is fascinating to me. And I, I like all that stuff and being able to train it. Um, so I really enjoyed it because you're having different conversations. It's an athlete taking a side and say, Hey, I was thinking about doing this. And I, you know, I know you want me to do this, but you know, how about this and this instead? And, and you're just, you know, you're talking about the game in a different way instead of saying, saying, Hey, it's timeout. This is the play you're going to run. This is what you're going to do. And this is the ball you're going to hit. Um, so it's just different, but you know, I, I think, um, I think that that's just, like I said, I think that that's what intrigued me the most um, about it. I think the only mistake I made early on was trying to coach everybody, um, you know, too much. And I, I think we've got a good system now where, you know, if I, you know, coach two, two or three pairs throughout the entire season and my assistant's coaching the other two throughout the entire season. So we're really building that relationship and, and really knowing how to work off of each other. I think my first year, my first day was like trying to spend time with everybody. So everybody knew that I was coaching them. And at the end of the day, like you can't do that and they weren't benefiting from it. So that's probably the, the thing I had to learn the most in that aspect was I was just trying to be everywhere all the time and you just can't. And I, I had to let, I had to let go of control in that way of really letting my assistant be able to coach the pairs that, you know, they were really good with instead of me trying to insert myself everywhere. I would guess one of the biggest challenges you probably face is, deciding who plays together, the pairs and them developing the chemistry. Cause it's not like you can just sub people in and out off of teams. It would never work. They've got to build that camaraderie and that chemistry before they can play well together. Everybody, every coach has their different system. Um, but I think either way, it's a long, um, it's a long, it's a long system that, you know, we, we go throughout for the entire year. So you take somebody as typical as Sunni and Carly, you know, they've been together for four years. Um, we still, every single year they came back, um, when fall starts, we have them practicing with everybody, constantly changing partners, playing with different people. You know, this past fall, we didn't have them play together at all. We had them play with other people just to see if something was better. Um, because we didn't, you know, you have to kind of, you have to play with that a little bit. You can't just go with what's comfortable because it may not benefit your entire lineup. Um, and then we've realized that it's not, so we put them back together, but you know, we go through that process. Um, and have them play with pretty much everybody practicing with everybody. And even when we do pick partners, we still try to change them a lot because, you know, again, like if an injury happens and somebody has to pop out, like we have to forfeit and then we have to re you know, insert somebody else. And 
and that can change um, a lot. You know, we had to do that at some point. Um, this oh, it was the last game that we played. You know, Cam dislocated her shoulder in the middle of a South Carolina match, and now we've got to literally move three different pairs just to make something work and not just you know leave holes everywhere in our um, our lineup just because one player you know got out. So. Um, we try to prepare them for, for that as much as possible. Um, they're just like any other partnership. It's like a marriage. So we try to, you know, work with them through, you know, dealing with conflict and understanding that that's normal um, communication. You know, we've had a lot of partners that usually if they're the same type of person, they don't go very well. Um, sometimes the friendships, like if they're best friends, that tends to not go very well either because they tend to be more comfortable with each other. So um, we try to go through a really long process both semesters, um, try to kind of do what's best for the entire lineup, which I think that's the more tricky thing is trying to not stack all of your good players at the top and leaving, you know, the bottom bare. I think we've come to realize that, you know, the more stable you are across the entire lineup, especially at the bottom, the better you are. Um, so trying to make that really balanced. Um, and then we get their input at some point, but I think they know that we're just going to make the best lineup that's best for the whole team, not just like, hey, We've got the superstar one seed. They're really good. And whatever happens to the rest of the lineup happens. You know, that doesn't, that doesn't really matter anymore. I know you have to spend, I would imagine a lot of the time in the fall is figuring out that who works well together. Yeah. I mean, we've got, we've got a matrix. Um, you know, we have them play on the weekends with a lot of different people. So we keep track of that. Um, we keep track of how much they're winning with certain people at practice, what their side outs are. I mean, there's just so many things we're kind of putting into the equation um, just to see, like, are they really winning a lot, or does it does it just, you know, in my mind that I think that they're good, you know, and and that and this really big part of that is how are they dealing with that communication, and then how do they strategize? Like, are they actually talking about, you know, if they're really struggling, are they game planning through that, or are they just kind of like, hey, let's go, because that's that ends up not being really, you know, good in um, you know atmospheres like the national championship where we're extremely isolated. You know, I can't see any of the courts and wherever I am, I am so. Um, you know, we try to kind of figure that out, but it's definitely not an easy process. It takes most of us a long time. And, and I think we try just to not do what, Hey, they were together last year. So let's put them together now, because I think you're just not really giving your lineup any justice by doing that. Looking back to those early seasons with the program, it's also the early seasons for every program. So you really don't know who the powers are. Was there a point during those first couple of years where you kind of looked in, looked out and said, you know, we're pretty good. Um, yeah, you know, I uh, I think, when did I realize, I, again, I was the first group, um, I think when we're playing, you know, like FIUs and, oh, it's we got to, I think F, we had FSU the first weekend at home and we had almost three or four courts where it was down to the wire in the third set, you know, and I'm like, we're here, like we can compete with them, we just need to finish these games out. Um, and then I think every group we got in after that just did something a little bit more, a little bit better. Um, even last year, you know, not this current year where we got cut, but, you know, last year was really the first year where we had beaten any ranked West Coast teams. You know, that was new for us. And, that, and now it's something that we, you know, it's like, hey, we, get, we have to do this. It's not like, I hope we do this. It's we have to do this. Um, so every year we've kind of evolved um, and, and beaten some teams that were like in the past, we never would even, you know, be competitive. You know, the first, first year we went to the national championship, we played USC and it was like 21 to eight, 21 to five. Like it wasn't even a match. And I remember 
the coaches coming up to me and being like, who are you again? Like where, you know, what, what is this school? Um, and then, you know, you, yeah, it's like, Oh, Hey, and then you fast forward, you know, four years later and, you know, everybody sees Stetson and we're winning that match now. And, um, you know, I think that that's very cool, just full circle of how we've evolved so quickly. Um, and I think the even greater thing about the sport now is that everybody's getting really good. Um, just like a basketball, there's so much disparity, um, parity where just, you know, there's so many upsets, you know, this year was starting off and there's just so many upsets. The East is getting better than the West, which I think when we first started, it was such a sure thing that just the West coast was definitely better hands down. It wasn't even close. Nobody could touch them. And now, you know, you've got the LSUs and South Carolinas and Florida States and us and FIU and FAU, like, it's just we're getting stronger and that's that's awesome. Obviously it makes it harder for us, but that's what you want. You want that excitement. Um, I think it was kind of boring at some point when you just knew USC or UCLA was going to be the best team and that's it. Um, and I, I think that that's where we were, you know, even just like three years ago and now, and now we're not, now you're looking like LSU was, you know, up at the top of this year and, and they're on the East. So that was really cool. So um, definitely, definitely evolved and, and we're in there, we're in the mix and we constantly are and, and uh, now everybody knows our name a little bit better <laughs> instead of just not knowing who we are. Um, you know, and I think everybody expects us to be good, which is, which is, which is fun and, and something else to deal with instead of people just not knowing who we are. Have you seen as the prominence of the sport has grown, the competition for players increase and, the, and, and more interest from fans and, and the sport in general? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think the NCAA championship has been really cool. Um, every single year, the TV, you know, the TV scenario just gets bigger and, and more exciting. We've got more viewers, um, you know, and, and the attendance rate gets higher. Uh, it's obvious. It's, it's an amazing venue, you know, who doesn't want to be on the beach and you're surrounded and, you know, got thousands of people there. Um, so I think they've done a really good job of, of, of having that venue. Um, it's in Gulf Shores and, and really just building off of that. And, you know, we haven't gone, we haven't gone anywhere else yet. And I think they've got the bid for the next couple of years. So I think it's helped us grow because it's just, um, it's been that kind of a constant where they can just kind of keep evolving every year. Um, and, and they've done a really nice job with that. Now you have more schools that are going on TV and, and web streaming and live streaming. And um, obviously now players that are just playing beach, you know, they're not, playing indoor anymore at the junior level. So uh, it's really, it's been the fastest growing sport for the NCAA um, and even probably at the juniors level. It's massive now. You know, we used to go to tournaments, I think my first year for recruiting and I'm just watching like 20 kids. That's it. And now we go to tournaments and, you know, we're watching like 500 kids and I can't even watch anybody anymore. Um, so I think everything's just um, really blown up, which is exciting, but um, I, that's also why the sport has just gotten so much better and everybody else is getting better because there's a lot of great talent um, and everybody's just not going to one place um, and kind of taking all the talent. I think that, that, that's how it was at the beginning. Florida Orthopedic Associates is proud to support Stetson University Athletics. Don't let pain affect your game. For sports injuries, sprains, fractures, and breaks, if it hurts, see them first at their Orange City walk-in clinic for urgent orthopedic injuries. Offices are located in Deland, Orange City, Lake Mary, and New Smyrna Beach. Florida Orthopedic Associates, state-of-the-art care, close to home. It's got to be an advantage to recruit for this sport and live in Florida where everywhere is a beach. 
Yeah, you know, I think Florida and California um, have the advantage of the beach and just the sunny weather and just because that's where you think beach volleyball should be. Um, you know, we, we obviously still have to fight with California a lot, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a good sell for us, especially uh, from the international standpoint. Um, you know, Florida is a, a nice place to be. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think that there's, you know, 70, 80 D1 schools. We're all pretty different. Um even in just like some teams do still have crossover players. Some don't, some, some of the staff do both. So I think everybody has to be really specific about what kind of experience they want instead of it's D1 indoor and you have 365 choices that are, you know, pretty identical in terms of the amount of people on the team, the coaching staff and all that stuff. So, um, you know, we, we see a lot of players that pass up big schools um, to have a, you know, smaller team environment here, a smaller, a, a great education on a smaller campus, um, you know, and be, you know, not be number 25 on the roster and be here and make an impact. So that's pretty special. And I think beach athletes get to make that choice instead of just going for the best school um, because a lot of good, a lot of good small schools are, are really competitive for beach now. How much of the popularity and growth of the sport do you think can be attributed to the success the Olympic program has had and vice versa? How much do you think the growth of college is going to help the Olympic program? Yeah, I mean, I think when Carrie and Misty, you know, were on the Olympic platform and, and they were so successful, um, that definitely sparked everybody's interest. And, and you saw how much, you know, they got so much um, great attention from that. And I think the ratings were extremely high. And I think once that happened, it's just kind of snowballed from there. And every single year, it's just gotten bigger and bigger and grown and grown and grown. Um, and we haven't had like a huge stall where we just don't have any growth. You know, every year we're growing and growing pretty quickly. Um, including at the juniors level. So uh, I think it's just going to keep growing more schools adding, you know, I think, um, I think you can't, you can't argue about how exciting it is to watch and fun it is to watch, you know, you've got that casual atmosphere, we can go outside and, and kind of just hang out and, and be there. And some venues have really cool atmospheres. Um, and like I said, the national championship is awesome. Um, but I think also just from, you know, the Olympic standpoint, you're now going to have more, you have more players that are starting at a young age, you know, back then it's just, you don't have very many or there are kids that have been playing club indoor most of their life, played indoor for college and then flipped over to beach. Now you, now the athletes are starting at age 10 to 12. Um, and that's why we've seen the talent grow so much is because they're starting at such a young age instead of like Mel, Mel didn't really start until she was like 17 or 16. Um, and so, you know, that's different. So I think it's just going to, like I said, keep getting better. And, that obviously helps us from a USA volleyball standpoint because you're going to have more talented athletes instead of just having, you know, one or two outliers that are really good. Um, you're just the, I think the depth for us and the amount of um, that pool, that talent pool that you're going to get to pick from is, is just going to be better. We hope. And on the same side, the growth of the sport from the Olympic side means it's going to continue to grow internationally, which is going to provide more athletes for universities to go recruit internationally to, to help it's like a cycle. It's going to keep growing on itself. Yeah. I mean, before, before, um, you know, the COVID-19 stuff happened I mean, I was planning to go over to Europe, um, to, to go over there and host a big clinic with some other coaches. Like, and that was the, kind of the first time we were going to do that. Um, and really try to get, you know, try to get college beach over there and, and really just kind of try to get our mark, uh, into Europe a little bit and, and European championships for that age group. So, um, it's definitely happening. It got halted a little bit, but you know, it's, it's coming from a, from a worldwide standpoint. 
Are you surprised? I mean, you mentioned LSU and South Carolina. They're the only two schools in the SEC that are playing beach at this point. Are you surprised more of the schools at the Power Five level have not added the sport? Yeah, um, because I think they can. You know, they obviously have the resources. And I know there's Title IX things, but, um, you know, beach isn't really a super just high cost sport, you know, even to build courts, it's, it's, you know, unless you're building like a giant stadium, it's really, it's really not costly um, to operate. And especially because most of us play regionally now, you know, we have, we go out to California once a year, but for the most part, it's a lot of regional play and we're in Florida, like I said, so we kind of just get to go up and down the coast and, and play everybody we need to play. We're not making flights all the time. Um, we talk about it all the time and we talk about how, I think the next phase for beach in general is, you know, and, and really having that massive growth, you know, again, we've been snowballing and growing, but I think we all understand that we need the bigger conferences to add so that it can really just go to the next level um, because you need those schools as, as much as everybody probably is afraid of it at some point, because they are bigger conferences. We still need them. We need them to grow um, and to be more competitive. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we've all, been pushing we all talk about it every year we're all trying to get it you know there i think there's a lot of schools that are like yeah we'll start next year and then it becomes the next year and the next year and the next year so i'm not sure why they do there is some um kind of pool that i think indoor coaches think that they're going to have to be the ones that coach it to start off with and they don't want to do and i think if you know if you look at florida for instance they're a really great indoor program. So why do they feel like they need beach? They don't feel like they need beach, you know, right now. So I think a lot of coaches are worried that they're going to have to do both because I think when you're playing in a power five conference for indoor, uh, I'm sure if I was having difficulty managing it, I can only imagine what it is at that level with a, a different expectation level and different monsters that you're, you know, battling. So we hope, we hope, we hope, but, you know, it's something we're trying to push forward. Even in the ACC, you know, Brooke from FSU talks about all the time is, you know, they're the only only school in the ACC right now, and, and there needs to be more schools in the ACC. You know, I think we all understand that, that we need them um, in order to kind of just grow to a different level. So what are some myths about beach volleyball that maybe you can dispel, some things that people may not understand about the game? One, I don't think anybody understands the substitute rule, even recruits, when I tell them – you know, you, if we, if you end up hurting yourself, you get a 15 minute medical. And if you can't go back in, like we lose the point, <laughs> I can't, I can't sub you in and out. We can't start an hour later. Like that's it. We, we forfeit, we're down, you know, a point already. Um, which is why we always push their fitness. And I think a lot of them are like, what really? And I'm like, yeah, we can't, we can't just sub you in and out. Um, the, just the lineup rule changes, you know, I, I think everybody still is always confused about like, how we can't move seeds just to wherever we want or pop in a player wherever we want. You know, we, uh, it's very similar to tennis. We have so many restrictions with just moving players and not just, again, like if I have somebody at a five seed, I can't just throw her to two seed because that's what I feel like doing. Um, and then uh, there's always different, um, you know, like how you can touch the ball, like with indoor, the the skills with indoor are different. So indoor, you can overhead pass on the surf. You can't do that for beach. Um, you can't really open hand set a lot. Like if you're digging a ball, you can't use your hands. Like it's got to be hard driven and, you know, beach is really shoddy. So um, that always tends to be um, a difficult for a lot of like crossover players that we have that just don't understand it very much. But um, And then I think the biggest one is that everybody, I think the fun atmosphere that it is, I think everybody just sees it as such more like casual um, and fun and, and it is, but it, it is extremely demanding demanding sport 
um, with some really, really fit athletes and very high level that make me tired just looking at them. And I think sometimes I was like, oh, it's so much fun. And I'm like, it is, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work. And they really had to be in like phenomenal shape just to be good. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes it's just this like, oh, it's so much easier. And it's like, it's not, they're in sand all the time. <laughs> you know, it's really hard. Uh, and it's definitely not easy. I, I think that they would argue with you, but that's probably the biggest one is I think everybody just probably thinks it's a bit casual. Um, but the level of athlete and their fitness level is just, it's, it's really phenomenal. And it's fun to watch because they're, they're really spectacular athletes out there. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I mean, get a get an image of people going out on the beach and go out there and jump and dive and do push-ups and jump up and get back and do that for an hour nonstop. And, yeah. you know, I dropped out of a heart attack. I don't know what most people would do. But, yeah. But you got to be in insane shape to be able to do that. If you weren't coaching volleyball, what do you think you would be doing? Ah. Uh... I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I've always wanted to like coach or teach, uh, even when I was young. So maybe a teacher of some sport, but I, I just, uh, I, I can't remember a time in my life where I just didn't like have some type of sport in my life or like I knew from a really young age, that that's what I wanted to do. Um, the only thing I wanted to do, and that's, like, I haven't really thought about anything else. So, um, you know, it, I think if there were no sports in my life, maybe teaching, you know, I think it's kind of just the same direction of just trying to, you know, influence and, and really just teach people things. But, um, you know, sports has always been in my life. So maybe I'd be coaching basketball if there wasn't volleyball, but it'd still be coaching in some form or fashion. But yeah, I haven't thought about it too much. Hopefully I don't have to. <laughs> Obviously, during your time at Stetson, you not only started out coaching two teams, but you built a national power one program. But you've also done that while bringing in a bringing a family into the world, having two two children. How was the challenges of doing that while also running your program, Ben? Um, I think that I didn't realize how much time I had on my hands until I had children, which I'm sure everybody that has children says the same thing. Um, I also. You know, I had um, Paloma, who my, you know, my daughter, she's almost four now. I had her, I was still coaching both. Um, and I think that might've been the last year I coached both because it was just like really hard. And she was maybe two, two or three months when indoor season started. Um, so I had to really take her everywhere with me a lot because um, she was kind of a newborn still. So that was hard. Um I was really tired. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, probably wasn't so great at dealing with that. Um, I think we, we didn't have a great indoor season, so it's not good. Um, and then when I had Sawyer, uh, it was this last year, which was, you know, one of our better years of the program. Um, and I, you know, I think I missed maybe like a month. Um, and then I came back. Uh, but even then, you know, I'm, you know, I've got a two month old and we're, you know, in March and we're playing and I'm, I'm still taking him everywhere. Um, and I think I learned just how to kind of go with it at that point. I had a lot of, lot of help from both my mother-in-law and my mother who were, I was very thankful for, but, um, you know, my husband coaches too. So, you know, he understood that I can't just like not be there with my team because it's not just like a job. It's, you know, we invest a lot of time in that, but, um, I think I, I have, I have now learned how to separate better. Like when I'm, you know, when I was working, like I work and then, you know, I come home and just try to really be with the kids when, you know, it's when I'm home and, you know, 
dinner and all that stuff and not try to work and do all that stuff. Um, so I'm spending time with them. Um, but I, I am definitely grateful that I'm out of that stage now. And, you know, Sawyer's uh, past one and Paloma's almost four. Um, so, you know, it's normal stress of children now, not having to deal with a newborn um, in the middle of the season. But I think it just, I think it definitely made me a little bit um, stronger in the sense of just understanding that I can deal with an enormous amount of stress <laughs> in season and be able to be okay. So it has now made me more calm in certain situations because I know that I've been able to deal with having two newborns in the middle of the start of season um, and I've, I've survived. So Paloma's old enough to start showing some interest as she... Uh... Any interest yeah, in she is. You know, my, my husband coaches soccer, um, so she likes both, but she's, you know, we've taken out her out there to the court. She's got two little beach volleyballs. Um, so we're trying to teach her. Uh, she's definitely extremely athletic, so she likes being outside. Um, so hopefully she goes more of the volleyball route, not the soccer one. We'll have to see. It's too early still. <laughs> the other one's still a little too young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just likes to eat dirt, so he's fine. <laughs> He'll get out of that, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Want to stay up to date on all things happening in Hatter Nation? Follow us on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts at Stetson Hatters, your destination for in-game stats, student-athlete features, game promotions, and more. Follow at Stetson Hatters today. I know, the, I know what the what the answer is going to be, but the highlight of your time at Stetson, and let's talk about um, that day and that event. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's two for me. Uh, honestly, the first one, um, would be when we won our first ASUN championship. So that was Mel's, you know, senior year and they had lost the same way, you know, like two years before, always lost to UNF, always one came down to one seed, always lost by two points. Um, so, you know, I think winning that for the first time was really cool. Um, Cause it came down to the same scenario. It was still one seat, you know, it was our two seat playing and it was in the third set and, you know, it was the same way. So that was really cool to, you know, to see that. Cause that was just kind of that, you know, again, like that breakthrough moment where, okay, we, you know, we won ASON and, um, and then, yeah, obviously last year at the national championships, um, you know, I think we really wanted that match. We played USC earlier um, in the year and it was, it was good, but, um, we knew we we didn't play as well because um, we had just beaten Long Beach before that and kind of had this like massive high because it was our first win against, you know, again, like I said, a, a West Coast opponent. Right. Um, we were really excited because, again, that's like that milestone moment. And then you've got to turn around. We're playing USC like literally five minutes later. Um, so we kind of just had a, you know, a little bit of a crash. Um, but we're still pretty competitive. And I just remember them being really disappointed. Um, so when we knew who was, you know, we saw them, you know, we knew that they were probably going to be the one seed. I think we, not assume, but I, I knew if we got in that we would be the eight seed and that's probably who we would have. And I think we all wanted that, which I think going in with that mindset is huge. Um, instead of kind of just like everybody else was like, Ooh, you're playing USC. And we had drawn USC, I think three other times that we've been to the national championship and they were not close. Like they were just blowouts. So it was not anything different. Um, and so we got that and we were, you know, really excited and the whole week was really excited and we felt really prepared and prepped, you know, we, we knew, um, you know, what we wanted to do against them and had a really good game plan and the, the kids felt really good. Um, and I think the whole like day before the tournament, um, 
you know, everybody was kind of just like, oh, Stetson playing USC, like they'll win, you know, USC will win. And that really fired up our kids a lot, you know, because everybody just kept talking to us about USC, like, especially when we had like interviews, like everybody just wanted to know like how we felt about it. And it was like, it's a game. Like we've played them before. It's really nothing like it's not, we didn't magnify the situation. Like it was just another game for us that we were ready to play. Um, and I think they just got really fired up and had a chip on their shoulders um, and executed game plan. And I, we were, we were ahead on every single court the entire time. Like we had a steady two, three point lead everywhere. Um, it wasn't like we were struggling and that was really cool. And, you know, again, I'm like, I'm like sitting at the five seed box. Cause that's the seed that I chose to stay with. So I can only really see things on the scoreboard. You know, I can't see what's going on on the other courts. I can kind of just, you know, see the scores and see us, you know, we were running the first set. Like we won the first set everywhere, I think, except for the one seed. Um, and you're feeling good and you're talking and I'm talking to myself, I'm like, oh, we might, we might actually do this. And I'm like, no, no, no. Just like, let's not talk about it. Let's not, let's not do that. Um, and then you see that, you know, I, I see on the scoreboard, the three seeds, you know, finish in two. And I'm like, oh, okay. And my five seed, you know, we're up like 19 to 11 in the second set and we won the first one. So I'm like, okay, our four seeds in the second set, they won the first one. And our two seed, it was like 20, 20 to 21. And I can't see at this point, like any, any, I can't barely even see the scoreboard because there's like bleachers and people are standing up to watch, you know, both ends of the court. So, um, I just hear this like loud erupting that there's like, they did it, they did it. And then I'm just like, okay, USC, they're tied it up and it's now 21-21 or we pulled it out 22-20. So then you just see our whole team, you know, run over to our court. And even at that point, I'm like, we haven't won yet. Just stop because it's still like, we still need two more points. Um, and even just, even anticipating and knowing that we were going to win the minute it actually happened, it happened so fast and we all rushed. Like, I don't even remember that moment because it was just like a flash, you know, of just like pure, pure joy and pure excitement. You just don't like recall like reacting and you just see everybody jump and rush the court. And, you know, it's, it's, it was an amazing feeling. Um, I know we're really like close to LSU. It was kind of similar fashion. And, and, you know, at some point I thought we had that one as well and kind of just let the, you know, let our foot off the pedal. Um, But I I think that that uh, was just, it's been a moment that everybody is still talk about, you know, I went through the whole year and through the whole summer of just everybody wanting to know like how we did that. Um, and you know, how did we beat that team? And I think for our team, like they always felt that they could. Um, and, and we did a lot of really, um, cool things that year and, and teams that we beat that we've never beaten. So they had a lot of confidence, um, in themselves and it just kind of took our program to a different level. Um, that now, you know, we're dealing with a new level of expectation and, even with where the short season that we had, you know, there was kind of a lot of ups and downs and they were really disappointed that we even started that way because they expect a lot more out of themselves. And, and so I think that that's really cool because I think that that's when you're really good is that, you know, winning a couple of games here and there, but losing to teams or not is, is not okay. And I think that that's where we are now. Um, and unfortunately got cut short. So I have no idea what we would have done, but you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Have you gone back and watched the, the television coverage of the, of the match yourself just to, and is, is it emotional to watch that for you? Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, because you don't watch it on, you, it's not obviously played in your head like it is for TV, you know, and, and you're seeing all that. And even just the moment we won, 
um, you know, replaying that clip like over and over, it's still like, I still do it, you know, because it's still such a, it's amazing that you can relive that moment now because you can't like, I think our first ASUN championship win, like I've got to dig through like my own film that I have just to find that moment. And, and this clip is of just the best moment in our program. And it's, you know, it's being watched by, you know, thousands of people. Um, and it's something that I can constantly look at, but yeah, I mean, it's cool. Even the LSU one, you, you know, you can hear them like, Oh, they're about to do it again. Like here comes Stetson, here comes Stetson, you know? And, um, even just, I think the, the funniest thing, like what I said, the whole USC thing, um, like the television match, I think it was a lot of just like a lot of USC talk. Like everybody was constantly talking about USC and even like all of my friends and fans were like, they didn't talk to you about you guys at all. And I'm like, yeah, cause they didn't think we were going to win. Um, <laughs> it's just like, okay, well we don't have to talk about ourselves. That's fine. Um, so that was, that was just funny because I think that's all the whole like beginning of the tournament win is, is when people were talking to us, they just wanted to talk about USC, which was fine. Um, and then I, I think you get to, like I said, the LSU match and then everybody's like, Oh, here's Stetson again. You know, they're, they're here. They're going to do it. Um, and I, I think that that was cool, cool evolution for us. And, and I'm, it's, it's, it's fun that we get to watch it all the time, um, and see it because I, I think it's a good reminder of, of what happened for us and, and you get to relive that moment over and over again. Cause just being there is just, you don't remember what it was like to like be in that moment. You just see it and feel it. Um, cause it was just kind of a mad rush. So what's the, what's the feeling going through your head when the match is over and Holly Rose there to talk to you and you're getting interviewed and Holly and I go way back. I've known Holly since <laughs> the late nineties. So I've, I've been friends with her forever. But I mean, she's a national known commodity and people really love Holly and, you know, you get, you win that match and the next thing you know, you're talking to her. Uh, honestly, the only thing I was like, hurry up with the interviews. I want to go celebrate with the team. <laughs> I, I remember looking at the team and they're just like dying, you know, to do our like session chair and I'm screaming like, hold on, hold on. Cause it's just like, I want to be a part of this moment. Um, but I think, you know, watching um, that interview, uh, you obviously can see, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm like, I'm like super worked up and just, you know, like breathing really hard and I'm, I'm super excited about what just happened. But, um, you know, that was, that was cool. Cause that's probably the first time that this happened where like anybody's actually wanted to talk to us at the end of the end of it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then after that, you know, everybody's kind of coming up to us and saying like, Oh, how'd you do that? Like, what's your game plan? And just like, Oh, Hey, yeah. You guys look like you had a good game plan. And it's like, well, yeah, we're here. So yeah, that, that whole thing was cool just to feel, um, I don't know if importance the word, but I think just like have validity for the level of your program. And like I said, I think everywhere I've gone over the past year, everybody just wants to know the story and, and how we did that and, and you know, what we, what we did to do that and, and how we were able to do that. So um, that's, you know, it's been really cool to just kind of share and, and constantly, um, you know, talk about that. And now other teams are, you know, beating them, which I, I, you know, I told our team after the national championship, like we're going to allow other teams to do this now in the sport because, you know, they're looking at it like a Stetson can beat USC. Like, why can't I? Um, and I think that that really opened the door this year for our sport because you saw so much, you know, up so many upsets, like I said, because I think once you see us, like we're supposed to be the small school, you know, I think we were good, but I don't think anybody thought that we were that good um, or that could do that. And now they're seeing us do that. Um, and so then you got to get those like, well, why, why can't we do that? And I think that that's happening everywhere. Um, so I think that, that was really cool. And 
you know, we told our team at the end of that loss, like, even though it hurt, like we have changed the sport and we did it really quickly. Um, because I think that that takes a long time for sports to just kind of have that kind of balance with the level of competitiveness. Um, so yeah, just cool moment. And then, um, you know, like I said, I think going into LSU, we felt good. Um, but yeah, I remember just sitting there and was like, oh, this is going to happen. And then, and then it didn't, but, uh, you know, it wasn't our moment. Um, but it, it, you know, I, I think that they were super disappointed and I think they could have left there and just been satisfied with just beating USC and they weren't. And I think that just kind of tells a lot about the people we have in our program and, and what, what they wanted to do and not just kind of being like, Hey, yeah, that's all we did. Um, so that was cool. Obviously sets the stage for a bright future. I'll give you a couple of numbers real quick. Okay. 156 and 58. Right. 49 and three. Uh-huh. What do those mean to you? Uh, so the first one is the overall, our overall record, right? right. Um, and then the other one is the A-Sun. Is the A-Sun. Right. 49 yeah. and three. Yeah. So the only reason I knew that is because somebody asked me about this like a month ago and I was like, I have no idea. Um, so I looked, I looked at it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's cool. I think the A-Sun one is cool too. And, and, you know, not that we forget, it's just, um, at some point it stopped. Like I don't go through a season. I'm not counting on my finger. Like how many wins we have. Like, I think even when we had 30 last year, I like, I didn't know that we were at 29. Like I know we're winning and I, it's not that I don't care about winning. I, I really do, but um, I'm not sitting there like counting on my finger. Like, Oh, we've got to win this game. If we win this game, we get 30. Um, and I think a son is, is kind of the same. Like we just, we, we want to win and we expect to win. Um, but even now when we tell, you know, every incoming class, like, this is our record, this is, this is our record for ASUN, they're like, oh, you know, crap. Um, and, and that's a, that's a pretty high bar. Um, and then the overall record, um, I think it was last year, you know, Jamie was like, you're the, I think I'm second now, maybe second or third. With second the, active, second active, third. Yeah, with the act, you know, highest winning, um, you know, percent, highest amount of wins for, for coaching in the sport. And I didn't even realize that. Um, that's cool. And I think we're up there with, you know, UCLA and USC and, and Hawaii and FSU. And I think just to be in that company is, is amazing for our program. Um, and just all the athletes have been a part of it. And, and I don't even think our team realizes that, you know, I kept, I keep trying to share it with them because I think it's a really awesome thing, um, that we're, we're in that mix. Um, but yeah, I've been really fortunate to, to have this program, you know, just kind of fall on my lap accidentally because I got an indoor coaching job and this kind of, you know, this is like, oh, you have to go to beach also. It wasn't like, oh, hey, here's this national championship beach program and we expect you to win. It was just like, yeah, this is the beach program. Yeah, I don't know. You know, they're okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think once we, uh, we got good and I, I think my goal ultimately wherever, you know, for coaching, cause always, everybody's always like, Oh, don't you want to go somewhere big? And it's like, my, my goal for, for being a coach is being somewhere where I can win a national championship. And I feel like I can do that here. So, you know, why would I leave? Because this is where I can do that. We've been so close to the final four two times in the past four years, which is incredible. Um, you know, we've kind of just get out, get over that hump, but you know, it's, 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 it's cool that it's, you know, it's, I've been able to kind of start it and be mine. Um, but we've, we've just been so lucky with, with the type of athletes that we have that have just kind of keep, you know, soon of us class, you know, grad, you know, she's graduating and she's just like another, another person that came through a four-year cycle that just took our, you know, program to a different level. 
um, just like Mel's class did. You know, you, you're just kind of, we have these classes that just keep doing more extraordinary things in the class before them. I'm like, okay, well, I got to talk about them more now because now they're better than the group that was before them. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So now I'm talking about the, you know, the 2000, you know, 19 team, then, then I'm not, you know, talking about the 2014 team. So, um, you know, that's, that's really uh, special. And I, I, you know, it's cool. It's nice to be up there. We just, we have to stay up there. You know, we, we, we want to make sure we, we keep our name and everybody knows who we are. Morningstar Storage is a proud supporter of Stetson University Athletics. Morningstar offers the space you need the way you want it. Made easy with 24-7 access. A free rental truck, Bluetooth locks, month-to-month leasing, and much more. Stop by Morningstar Storage right behind the Chick-fil-A or visit MorningstarDeland.com for two months free storage when you mention Stetson. Go Hatters! So you got this great facility, this building, locker room. Uh, what do you see in the future? I mean, I know there's growth plans in place, but what do you see in the immediate future for this program? Um, yeah, you know, we're, we're working, obviously, on the expansion plans for the courts um, and kind of making it more of a stadium feel. Um, I think, unfortunately, with this, uh, you know, COVID-19, we'll, we'll take a little uh, back step. But I knew we were, you know, we're moving towards that. We were, we were about halfway towards our goal. Um, so hopefully, hopefully here in the next, um, you know, couple of years when everybody gets back on track. Um, yeah, I think that for us, it is, you know, it's getting, you know, again, like we've, we've been very close to the final four, you know, two times now, um, you know, in, in a very short amount of time. So for us, it's, it's that it's, it's okay. First, it was like, you know, the first year it was like trying to get the two points to win ASUN. And now we're, trying to get the two points to get to the final four and, you know, like getting over that hump, like, so that's what we're pushing for um, because that's the break. That's the next, you know, cycle of the breakthrough is, is we need to get through that. Um, nobody expects anything less. Um, you know, we, we want to keep, you know, being competitive and really dominant with ASUN. Um, it gets harder and harder every year because we have a huge target on our back <laughs> and everybody's no kind of in this like, well, they, have been us before, so we might as well just go after them. And everybody has their best match against us when they're playing us in the ASUN. Um, you know, like Florida Gulf Coast. I'm, I remember telling the kids, I was like, I, when I thought that they were going to beat us, I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, this is the moment. This is when it's going to finally happen. Somebody's going to finally beat us. Um, and hopefully we, we survive then as well. So hopefully we can keep doing that. But um, I'm, I'm just uh, waiting for somebody to crack in. Um, but hopefully we can stay dominant there. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I think the next stage for us is, is that final four and getting, you know, getting a little bit closer. Um, and, and, you know, that's the, that's the only thing that we talk about. Um, we're talking about it now. You know, I think everybody uh, is either doing stuff right now and being really active with their teams. Um, and we're definitely giving them some space. Uh, you know, they need time as well with all the stuff going on. But we are still very much focused on next year already and what we need to do to get better and working on them getting better and, and making goals and setting them and, and stuff like that. Um, because, you know, um, we just, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. That's what we keep telling them. You know? I know you, you mentioned earlier how the kids were disappointed with a little bit of ups and downs early this season. How big is it to have that entire group, I assume, potentially coming back? I mean, you had a couple of seniors, but they've got an opportunity to come back and you're going to bring in some more players. Yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're bringing in almost six or seven into this group. Um, and it's a mix of 
really talented freshmen and grad students, which is extremely exciting as well. Um, and the only player we won't get back is Suni. You know, she's going to um, Norway's asked her to train with, you know, the Olympic team um, and hopefully make that. And she's got a real shot at it. So I, I think that's really cool for her. Um, you know, and she's, she's sad about not coming back, but um, you know, it's, it's a big piece for us, but we still have so many pieces intact. Um, and I know again, like they were really disappointed. So we're really focusing on um, a lot of mental um mental building um, during this time and really just uh, setting firm goals and what they want from each other uh, so that they can just, you know, start differently next year. How cool would it be to have an Olympian? I know that'd be really cool. It'd be the first. Um, and I, I think she's going to do it. You know, she's, uh, she's been training with them and she played in some qualifying things over last summer. So I'm excited for her and her next step. And it's cool for us because she's a representation of our program. So I got a few Quick hitting questions that are kind of fun, but um, first of all, we've already talked about one. But who's the most famous person you've ever met? When and where was that? Ooh, most famous person. Um, I met uh, George Clooney when I lived in New York, um, which was really cool, and it was very very fast because it was like I was on the street and I was walking, and I was like, oh wait a minute. Ever, anytime I've ran into somebody famous, I'm like not that person that like wants an autograph because I feel like I'm being like overbearing. So. I just saw him, but that's really cool because I, I love George Clooney. So that's probably the most cool. I think, I think George, I think Clooney has a place over in New Smyrna Beach. I don't, oh I man, I've got to go over there then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your favorite breakfast cereal? My favorite bre- breakfast cereal? Uh-huh. Um, Special K usually. I'm a big cereal person. Um, I like three times a day. It's like morning, afternoon sack, and then before I go to bed. So you walk into my cupboard, I've got like 20 brands of uh, cereal from like Life, Crispex, Special K. Uh, yeah, you name it. You come in, you wow. can definitely have cereal. <laughs> All right, who's your favorite cartoon character? Ooh, um, probably. Ooh, who's my favorite? I think I, I think I like the Disney, you know, Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. And maybe that's just because I've watched it with my daughter so many times. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I love the Disney, the Disney movie, the Disney characters. Okay, who's your favorite superhero? Ooh, I think my favorite is probably from the Avengers because I like the Avengers a lot. Um, it'd probably have to be Iron Man. I think he's my favorite, coolest one. There you go. Yeah. If you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, I talk about this all the time. Um, I think being able to like teleport, like close my eyes, be somewhere and then be somewhere else just so I can like not waste time traveling so much. So, so I can be in one place, you know, a snap, snap, snap. Uh, I think that's probably the power that I would want the most. You got five courts to cover. You can bounce back and forth <laughs> yeah. pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, what's your guilty pleasure? Oh, ice cream, chocolate, really bad. Yeah. That's my guilty pleasure. <laughs> what's your favorite cookie? Uh, chocolate chip. Got to keep it classic. A PC or Mac? Um, I have a PC. I used to have a Mac. I was in love with Mac and then I switched over. <laughs> Place to go for a dream vacation. And it was always Florida growing up. Um, when I was like lived in, you know, the Northeast, I, I, was, I was like, oh, I have to go to Florida. I have to go to Florida. Um, that's just one of the reasons I moved to Florida. But I think um, other than that, uh, I really want to go to like Bora Bora or something like that. Like just clear waters, not a lot of people, hammock in the ocean. Like that's ideal for me. I feel you. Celebrity yeah. crush when you were 12. Ooh. Um, 
Oh, geez. I probably like, uh, you know, like the Goonies. Um, what was his name? Was it, who was, uh, whoever Mikey was, remember who my, Mikey was for Goonies. I don't remember the actor's name. I was just watching it the other day. Um, yeah, definitely those like Corey Feldman's and, you know, stuff like that. Corey, going Corey, yeah. Corey Feldman, those guys. All right, two-parter. Favorite movie? Favorite Christmas movie? Um, my favorite Christmas movie. I love Christmas movies. Um, my favorite Christmas movie is definitely um, National Lampoon's Christmas. That's that's definitely my, we watch it every year. Um, and then my, what was the other one? My favorite? Favorite, my favorite, favorite movies. Love actually is one of my favorite movies, probably just because I watch it the most. Um, I don't know why. It's just, it's like the first one that pops to my head um, that I I enjoy the most. And then anything like Star Wars and Avengers, like I can, I can binge watch that like for days over and over again. Speaking of binge watching, what TV shows are you binge watching right now? So I did my first binge um, was Ozark. I really love Ozark on Netflix. Uh, Watching it now. Yeah, if they had 10 seasons, I'd be watching it now. Um, and now I'm watching the Michael Jordan one, The Last Dance, probably like everybody else in the country. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, there was one more on who I watched the Tiger King. It was all right. It wasn't like super, super great for me. But yeah, Ozark. Ozark was like the first thing that I watched. Quarantine. I've got time. I'm going to watch Ozark. Gotcha. What was your first concert? When and where? Um, Blink 182 in Austin when I was in high school, I think my sophomore or junior year, like big, big, um, big, big concert. I loved Blink 182 growing up. That was awesome. I think I actually didn't tell my mom I was going and drove, which is like a five hour drive. Um, so why she didn't think she would miss me. I I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, Who or what are you listening to the most now? Um, unfortunately I listen to Disney tunes most of the time when <laughs> with wearing the car, um, or I have to listen to the music that the kids want to listen to the team and I don't enjoy their music for the most part. So anytime I do have control over the stereo, I usually put on eighties music cause I really like eighties music. Um, so like if we have camps and stuff and I actually have the opportunity to play music, I'm playing eighties. Gotcha. Um, where do you go when you need some alone time? Um, uh, outside. I mean, I don't get to be alone too much to waste the children very much. Uh, yeah, but you know, if 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 I'm like working or something like, uh, driving for me is usually good. I mean, just go on a drive. Um, even now, like you just go on a drive. Um, if not, I, you know, just sitting outside, uh, usually and just being like with a cup of coffee, um, usually just kind of centers me, but, um, I think I've learned how to try to relax as much as I can or get five minutes here and there with the kids instead of like expecting to have an hour to myself. I'm like, all right, if I can get five minutes, I'm like, sit down. I can be outside and drink my cup of coffee. Like I'm going to have a good day. If you could go on a game show, what game show would you go on? <laughs> Ooh, probably Wheel of Fortune. So I really like Wheel of Fortune. I'm not at Jeopardy. I'd really be bad at Jeopardy. Where's your favorite place to go for dinner? Ooh, any steakhouse. So like, uh, usually I think I went to Ruth Chris steakhouse a lot. Um, Smith and Walensky's is probably my favorite steakhouse. Like I love that place. Um, I went a lot in New York, uh, for special occasions and stuff, but that's, that's probably my go-to if I could like pick wherever I want to eat. Speaking of go-tos, what's your go-to karaoke song? (laughs) Oh, um, probably something Madonna or Whitney Houston. Um, like I want to dance with every uh, with somebody. That's that's a great karaoke song. There you go. 
uh, Instagram, TikTok, or something else? Uh, no TikTok. Haven't even attempted. <laughs> uh, probably Instagram. Uh, I've tried to get into Twitter, and I probably should a little bit more, but I just, you know, I just can't get into <laughs> can't get into it very much. So it's usually just Instagram. All uh, right. Name three people living and dead you would want to have dinner with. Living that I want to have Live, dinner. Living or dead. Oh. Anybody. Um, ooh. Probably Jacqueline uh, Kennedy. I think that really, I was really fascinated with her when I was growing up. Um, yeah. Michael Jordan, just because I've been watching all this and uh, not before. I mean, I, again, like I've always been like a great athlete, but that's like the ultimate competitive athlete. And just I think have a conversation with him would be really cool. Um, and then after that, um, uh, it probably would be like, yeah. And they seem very accessible to us, but they're, I think they're more accessible, but like Misty May or Carrie Walt, like Misty May is, you know, I think just, um, she was such a great beach player, uh, and, you know, not the typical, like a Carrie Walsh, like really tall, lanky, um, and she was just so smart and, you know, and then she, you know, had a family and did all that stuff. So, um, I think just kind of having a chat with her would be really cool too. So that would probably be my top three. All right. Last question. What are you most looking forward to do once this pandemic is over um being back with the team you know I've, I've driven by the courts a few times um and as I guess, like whether that's cliche or corny or whatever um it's weird to like not be there like it feels like summer but it's not summertime um so it's like when I drive by the courts and like we've taken the nets off now and it's just kind of like this like weird feeling like oh season did end or even now like uh you know Sunday this past Sunday would have been the selection show um, you know, for us and, you know, we should be preparing hopefully to go to the national champ. So it's just, it's just been a bit weird. And then we're, cause we haven't even gotten into summer we're still going to be in summer and it's going to be this whole other long thing. Um, cause it's kind of hit me in waves that it's like, it was over and you know, it's, it's not easier now, but it's kind of hit home a little bit, you know, it's like settled in that, okay, season was over. But I think at the beginning it was just kind of, you know, like, is it over? It's a bit weird that it's over. Um, so I think just being able to get on the course and practice, um, and be, be at the court, see whether, you know, we get to run a camp or we get to be with the kids, like just want to get back in the sand. Um, cause we haven't been there since, you know, since it shut down since that March, uh, date and we told them, you know, we haven't been back. Um, and that's, that's our home and that's, that is my second home and that's where I want to be when, when all this finishes. All right. Very good. Well, we're, we've, uh, I think we've hit all the highlights. I really appreciate you taking some time and uh, joining us on Hatter Chatter, the podcast. And uh, we look forward to more great things from the beach volleyball program in the years to come. Thanks so much, Ricky. I enjoy it. Once again, I'd like to thank our corporate sponsors for making our podcast and everything we do in Stetson Athletics possible. First of all, for our podcast, our title sponsor, Insight Credit Union. Our other sponsors, for Stetson Athletics include Bud Light, Coca-Cola of Florida, The Weston in Lake Mary, Total Comfort, Hampton Inn, Morningstar Storage Solutions, Geico, Main Street Bank, Imageworks, Orlando Sanford International Airport, Florida Orthopedic Associates, and the Alliance Community. Thank you to all of our corporate sponsors. 
Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together. 